You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's News podcast for Monday, October 10th, day after your New York Giants upset the Green Bay Packers in London to uh, move to a surprising, amazing, incredible 4-1 and one on the NFL season, something that, uh, that I think nobody saw coming. And just uh, before we get going, please remember, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, subscribe, and uh, also drop a comment or a question uh, if you have one, you know, while we while we live stream here. And if you're listening across the uh, Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm joined, as always, on Monday by Big Blue View's Tony Del Genio and uh, Tony another victory Monday for the Giants and uh, I, I don't know about you but I didn't see this one coming no not at all I uh, I was hoping that they might keep it close and and just at least, at least look respectable and I thought that would be a uh, a good sign that they could that they could keep the score within reason instead of Green Bay running it up on them and uh, I think no one saw this coming I, I'm gonna come clean here every after every game, I do a a post game things I think column, and as the game got to seventeen to three in the in the second quarter, I actually started to write that on uh, on Sunday morning, and what I wrote at the time was Sunday's game basically played out like a lot of us thought it would. The Giants played hard. They were competitive. They were respectable, but they couldn't keep up, you know, with with a better Green Bay Packers team. And and then all of a sudden, stuff started to happen. <laughs> stuff that we haven't seen happen, you know, for for the Giants in, in a very long time. And we find ourselves sitting here on Monday morning as we do this sort of like the rest of the the NFL community is trying to 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 do this on Monday morning and and trying to digest the idea that the 2022 Giants might actually be good. Yeah, that's a hard thing to uh to get your arms around after 5 years of pretty much ineptitude. Uh this team actually looks like a team to be reckoned with. I mean, dare we say playoffs. <laughs> and well, Let's put it this way. I, I just wrote something at Big Blue View, uh, basically going through some of the national reaction to the, the Giants' victory on, on Sunday and the Giants being 4-1. and one. And what you realize is all they have to do 
to win 10 games this season is go six and six the rest of the way. And I mean, I have said over and over that I don't think 2022 for the Giants is necessarily about winning. It's not about the playoffs. It's not, yeah, the, the goal is, is not necessarily to be good in 2022. The goal is long term to build this franchise and into something sustainable. But look at the schedule that they have and the way that they're playing and the way that they prepare each week. And you have to believe that six and six or better the rest of the way is possible. Yeah, I I tweeted yesterday after the game. I was uh, I was only thinking of of uh, nine and eight, and not and not uh, ten and seven. But uh, if you look at who they play, uh, you've got Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, Washington up, twice, Washington twice, and uh, one other uh, uh, beatable talent, oh, the Colts, who are very beatable uh, right did, now. Yeah. And, did and you Seattle, mention Seattle? Yeah. Seattle, right? And if they can win, you know, five of those games, then they're nine and eight, which means they don't have to beat Baltimore. They don't have to beat Philadelphia either time. They don't have to beat Dallas. Uh, they don't even have to win all of those games against against beatable teams. They just have to win most of them, whether they will or not. You know, who knows? Obviously, sometimes the bloom comes off the rose and, and obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves after only five games. But but they actually have a chance to have a winning record and be in the playoff picture without asking them to do anything particularly heroic. The the amazing thing of it is, is Brian Dable and Joe Shane are at the beginning here. And I've said this a number of times. This is, this is not a perfect roster. It's not a complete team. It has all sorts of issues at wide receiver. It has all sorts of injury issues. The The tight end picture is, you know, that's a bunch of nobodies at tight end. The, the defense is in development, and there's been no Leonard Williams the last two weeks. But we, we have to talk about Brian Dable and his coaching staff. The roster's not better than it was last year, aside from the fact that Saquon Barkley is healthy because they're they're cleaning it out. They're 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 restarting it, you know, in restarting the build of this roster with the players that they want. But you absolutely have to look at Brian Dable and his coaching staff and and laud the work that they've done. I mean, there are calls this morning saying that after five games he'd be coach of the year. And I can't poke a single hole in that argument because they're getting so much out of what they have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you say they don't have any wide receivers. No problem. Take take Marcus, uh, Marcus Johnson off the uh, off the practice squad. Catch a couple of passes out there. No, no cornerbacks other than uh, Dory Jackson. And then he goes down to it. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Nick McLeod. Oh, he goes down. And then he comes back in later. Uh, Justin Lane, I guess, is it right? Is that? that the other cornerback i mean they have these guys that that most of us have never heard of basically playing in crucial positions in a game against a great quarterback and it's okay we'll we'll do it we'll get it done and the, the amazing thing of it is you know green bay green bay tried to pick on mcleod and picked on mcleod successfully the first couple of plays that mcleod was in the game 
But what did McLeod do after he settled in? He made a couple of fourth quarter plays mm-hmm. that were that were helpful. Justin Lane in 10 or 11 snaps made a play or two that were helpful. It's it's a credit to this coaching staff that that they're that they're getting these guys ready to play. It's a credit to Joe Shane that he's found guys, you know, who are able to come in and study and learn and may not be the world's most talented guys, but who are professional enough, professional enough to be ready to go and do what they can, you know, when they're needed, it's, it's really refreshing and it makes you want, it just makes you wonder how bad was the coaching staff the Giants had the last two years? Mm-hmm. And how bad are the coaching staffs around the NFL? Actually, I mean, obviously not all of them, but but some of them. And I think one of the one of the things that that so many of us fall into when we're looking at our team and making predictions is all you do is you look at the talent on the roster alone, and you look at the Giants that way, and you say they're still not a very talented team. And the fact is, though, that that I mean, that coaching does matter, and I think everybody believes now that coaching matters because there's absolutely no other way to explain how the Giants got to be four and one this season. I mean, they've beaten two good teams. They beat they've beaten this year. It, 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 it's easy to forget, but, but Tennessee Titans were the AFC's number one seed going into the playoffs last year, and Green Bay was the NFC's number one seed. They've beaten both of those teams. Their one loss is to a team that I hate to say it, but is looking like one of the best teams in the NFL right now. I mean, Dallas made made the the defending Super Bowl champions look awful yesterday. Dallas didn't make the Giants look awful. The, the Giants hung with with Dallas in the the game they played, and so the, the you know you're seeing that 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 not just good coaching, I think, but great coaching on both sides of the ball really do make a difference in, in how a team performs. And again, we shouldn't be surprised at that, but I think we always are. And we just, we just kind of use, use, you know, draft rankings and, and things like that to, to, to assess things. But, but this team is playing well beyond what, what you would expect from the talent level. Absolutely. And I think we've become so accustomed to seeing things fall apart, to seeing mistakes at crucial times, to seeing, to seeing missed assignments and seeing games get away from the giants when, when things didn't go well early, that it's, it's almost a shock to the system to see the giants do what they did to a team like the green Bay Packers yesterday when they were down 17 to three. And for all intents and purposes, knowing giants history, you look at that game and you, and at 17 to three, you're like, well, it was nice, but you know, but this one's over. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said earlier, stuff starts to happen that you're just not used to seeing happen with the New York Giants, and it's absolutely a credit to Brian Dable, but it's a credit to Mike Kafka, to excuse me, to Wink Martindale, to all of the coaches. It's a credit to those players. You know, for for buying in and 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 doing their jobs and and uh, it's a lot of fun right now. Mm-hmm. And and you know one of the things that I that I haven't seen anyone comment on yet 
about yesterday's game. Uh, this game reminded me in a very small way, and it's not it was the same magnitude of game, but I'm old enough to remember back to the Giants' Super Bowl win against the Buffalo Bills in the 1990 season. And that was a game that, that few people thought the Giants had a chance to win. And what the Giants did in that game, other than absolutely beat up Buffalo's wide receivers in that game with their with their defense. But the other thing the Giants did was they controlled the ball. And especially coming out of halftime when, again, in, in the second quarter of that Super Bowl, it looked like the game was about to get out of hand for the Giants. Buffalo was coming on. They tackled Hostetler in the end zone for a safety. And it looked like the tide was turning. And uh, But the Giants managed to come back with a touchdown before the uh, end of the second quarter. So they went into halftime within striking distance. And then they came out in the third quarter and had that, whatever it was, nine-minute touchdown drive that I thought was one of the greatest moments in in Giants history and they basically frustrated that great Buffalo offense because they, the Buffalo offense had just had to sit on the sidelines cooling their heels uh, for most of the third quarter and the Giants did the same thing yesterday when they're down 17-3 they not only come back with a score to 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 make it 17 to 10 but they took something like six seven minutes to make it happen then after holding uh, Green Bay to a, to a field goal, I guess, before halftime, they get the ball in the third quarter and they come out again with two more long drives for scores. One of them was only a field goal. One was a touchdown. But the Giants held the ball for something like 19 minutes of that second half. And you know that Aaron Rodgers has to be sitting on the sideline watching this game get close and then get tied. And it must be frustrating the heck out of him. Well, it was interesting yesterday. As you talk about that, Tony, I was thinking that one of the things I did not write about at Big Blue View is the fact that as the second half unfolded, I'm sure that you may have noticed this as well. There were sideline shots of the Packers as the Giants went on that eight-minute, 91-yard drive. And then there were sideline shots of the Packers later in the fourth quarter. And there were a lot of heads shaking and a lot of blank stares like what is happening here how is this team doing this to us and I was just I was floored by that I was like I have not seen an opposing team react to the Giants that way you know in, in a in a very very long time and it was very noticeable that the Packers you know were frustrated and just didn't know what was going on like Paul Newman and Red Robert, Robert Redford saying, who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a good question because even Giants fans are looking at the TV screen or, or in person at the game saying, who are these guys on the field? Like, play. Speaking, speaking of who are these guys, who's this guy? Who's this guy, Giants fans, that you've been killing for the last three years? Who's that guy? That guy is your quarterback, and that guy played one hell of a football game on Sunday that goes far, far beyond, you know, 217 passing yards, which is, which is not an impressive number, but Daniel Jones was terrific on Sunday. And as I wrote at big blue view, if he, the bottom line with Daniel Jones is he's not being asked to throw for 350 yards. He's not being asked to throw the ball 40 or 45 times a game. He's being asked to make good decisions. He's being asked not to turn the ball over. He's being asked to make plays with his legs. He's being asked to make big throws 
at critical times. And he's playing winning NFL football. And for me, I honestly think if he continues to play this way, the Giants are going to be hard-pressed not to give him some type of contract extension at the end of the year. I'm not guaranteeing that he will play this way, but if he continues to play this way, you can't move on from him after this year. You just can't. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, and again, our problem is we have this image of what a modern day quarterback is supposed to look like, right? And so we all we all think about the Tom Brady example uh, among young guys. We think about Justin Herbert, the guys who can who can bomb down the field and and things like that and pile up huge amounts of, of yardage. Josh Allen now obviously is is doing that too. But there is another way to win with quarterbacks. And again, I hate to go back in time, but I'll go back even further than that 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 Giants Buffalo Super Bowl. I'll go back to the 1960s when Bart Starr and was leading the Green Bay. Packers dynasty. I mean, they won championships year after year after year, and Bart Starr got into the Hall of Fame, but he didn't get into the Hall of Fame by passing for 300, 400 yards a game. He got into the Hall of Fame a lot of the time by handing off to Paul Horning and Jim Taylor, by having this great defense in front of him, and by making the throws when needed to, to keep the ball moving and get the, get the ball downfield. Uh, he was he you know he he was he was not somebody who looked like a great quarterback when you watched him all he did was was win the game for them and he didn't make mistakes and he drove them down the field with short passes and the guys in the hall of fame and right and rightly so i think that's you know that's that's kind of the ceiling for for the type of quarterback we might we might just hope beyond hope that daniel jones can become that type of guy who can win games for you but not in the way you expect a quarterback to win games and and win games is is the key phrase there, Tony. You, you, what I have written, you know, in our Big Blue View mailbag over the weekend, um, I did a two part mailbag, one on Daniel Jones and one on other questions. And and one of the things that I have consistently said about Jones when it comes to making the long term decision about Daniel Jones is. It's not about statistics. It's not about passing yards. It's not about running yards. It's not about number of touchdowns. What Joe Shane and Brian Dable have to decide is can Daniel Jones be or is Daniel Jones a quarterback that you win because of, not a quarterback who you work around or a quarterback you win with because – you just make him hand the ball off and you don't ask him to do anything. And not for the first time this year, Daniel Jones in the second half yesterday put the Giants up on his shoulders and carried them in the second half offensively to that win. When Saquon went out, the Giants went on a 91-yard, 15-play, 8-minute, 7-second drive and Daniel Jones was re directly responsible for 80 of those 91 yards. He was 13 out of 14 in the second half with the one incompletion and being a throwaway. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about playing winning football, and I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is an all pro or going to be an all pro, or as you said, you know, is going to compare to Bart Starr or you know, Bob Greasy's another quarterback in the great Miami days who played that same way. Um, you can't do 
more really than Daniel Jones did in the second half on Sunday. That's winning football, and that's what you're asking quarterbacks to play. And if he continues to do that, and who knows? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows if he can continue to do that. But if he does, then then why do you move on? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And if you're if you're looking at stats, there there's a there's a stat that that uh, I think shows what's happening to Daniel Jones. Uh, there's this concept of of EPA expected points added, and ESPN uses that and a couple of other things like the, the strength of the opponent's defense and so on and so forth to come up with what they call a quarterback rating. And, and, and what EPA is supposed to be trying to do is to differentiate between that quarterback you can win with and quarterback you win because of. In other words, how much is the quarterback himself doing to contribute to the victory? Daniel Jones has, has typically hung out in, in the QBR ratings around number 18, number 20. Uh, this year, I think he's up around number 14 or so. But in the last two weeks, and I would throw last week uh, against uh, the, the, the Bears in with, in with yesterday against the Packers because I thought he, he did a heroic job in, in that game too in a, in a different way. But uh, in the past two weeks, he's been third among quarterbacks and sixth among quarterbacks in the NFL in QBR. And that says by that metric, if you, you know, if you believe that that's a thing, he's, they're winning in part because of him, not just with him. He's doing things that are actually contributing to the victory. Sure. Is it sustainable? We don't know. That's what the next 12 games will tell us. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if you, it's like the Brian Dable coach of the year stuff, if you, if you hand out that award right now, he's coach of the year. If you make the decision right now on Daniel Jones, he's got to be the quarterback next year. But you don't make that decision right now. You make that decision after 17 games. Mm-hmm. And but but it's hard not to look at it and say it's trending in the right direction for Daniel Jones. And and what you hear, it's funny when we talk about Jones, what you hear out of the locker room. You hear things when the Giants lost to, to the Cowboys. We let number eight down. You hear a lot of respect, a lot of admiration for how hard he plays, how gutty he is. You hear and you read in Brian Dable's comments, often unsolicited comments, mm-hmm. that he's gaining a lot of respect for Daniel Jones, which is going to be a huge part of that decision going forward. I mean, we'll see what happens in the end. I mean, everything could fall apart, you know, and, and I don't want to be the, uh, I, I don't want to be, that guy who says, oh, this will never last. But as a reminder to everyone, this is the best New York Giants start since they went 5-0 and in 2009. And if you remember, and maybe you don't, but I'm going to remind you anyway, that Giants team finished 8-8 eight and, eight and out of the playoffs. Thank you, defensive coordinator Bill Sheridan and, <laughs> and all of that, but... That Giants team finished eight and eight and out of the playoffs, but and we hope that doesn't happen with this Giants team. But a reminder that you know just because it's great right now doesn't mean it's going to be great for the next twelve games. But obviously, 
this is better than it's been in a long time. And the arrow's pointing up for Jones at this point. And the other thing to remember is that Daniel Jones still has not gotten through a full NFL season without missing time due to due to injuries. And he's got a bad ankle. I mean, that makes it all the more amazing, you know, that, that what he was able to do yesterday with a with a bad ankle. But it remains to be seen whether this style of play that puts him at risk a lot and which he seems to welcome uh, whether he can you know, last through an entire NFL season playing this way. And so there's good reason to be cautious about about the rest of of the year but uh you know but the other thing to you know to say about the the giants is that is that despite what what looks like you know a, a usfl roster uh in, in a lot of ways the coaches are finding ways to make it work and they're and and you just i think you have to give mike kafka a, a tremendous amount of of credit for the plays that he's designing that are managing to to get the managed to get these receivers open yesterday again a bunch of guys you mostly never heard of plus Darius Slayton who was left for dead as far as as far as Giants fans were concerned uh, all of a sudden had a resurrection yesterday um, are, you, are you are you after after all these people who listen to us here and, and who read big blue view after all of these people have been convinced for months that I absolutely hate Darius Slayton. <laughs> are you actually going to make me say something nice about Slayton? I, I have to force you into that. Yes. All right. I'm going to let you finish and then maybe I'll say something nice about Slayton. <laughs> well, I was just, I was just you know, going to finish up by, you know, by saying that, that they're actually getting, he's getting guys open Kafka with, with, play calls where the defensive backs, you know, Jones is getting the ball, he's bootlegging and they're trying to figure out what do I do? Who do I try to cover? Am I, you know, am I, am I going to worry about him running? Am I going to try to cover the receiver? Which receiver am I going to cover? And, and as a result, these, these guys are open and they're, and they're catching the ball. Uh, and obviously on defense, the, you know, the same thing is happening with, with Wink Martindale where the offensive line is, is thinking, well, which of these guys do I have to try to block? And, and, and it's just amazing how they're able to do that. And I think that's such a huge part of why the Giants have won as much as they have is that they're just creating confusion on the other side of the ball on both offense and defense. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's really interesting, and I know we started, you know, a lot talking about coaching today, and we're kind of back to coaching. But one of the interesting things really 
is, you know, Ben McAdoo talked about this stuff. Pat Shermer talked about this stuff. Joe Judge talked about this stuff. Brian Dable talks about a lot of the same stuff. He talks a lot about tough, smart, and dependable. He talks a lot about using players, about getting the most out of players, about putting players in position to succeed, about next man up and guys being prepared and you know, the next man up being expected to, to know his responsibilities and do his job and, 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 you know, being creative to, to use players to their best abilities and, and all of those things, Brian Dable is putting those things into practice. And, you know, for a lot of coaches, those things are words. I remember years ago when Pat Shermer was head coach, there was a game, and I don't remember what game it was, but there was a backup offensive tackle for the Giants named uh, Eric Smith. And the Giants had an injury on the offensive line and had to put Eric Smith in the game. And Eric Smith was a nightmare. He was a disaster, okay? And, and I talked to Eric Smith after that game, who's very stand-up young guy at the time, stood in front of his locker and answered my questions. The Giants put him in the game at left tackle. And he said to me after the game, he said, you know, I've been here for four months. I haven't taken a single practice snap at left tackle in four months. And here you are in a game putting a guy at a position he hasn't taken a snap at in four months. That's on the coaching staff. That's not on the player. Mm -hmm. Ben McAdoo used to talk about being a tough, hard-nosed, grinded-out kind of team. And Ben McAdoo ran the softest, most country club training camp that I have ever witnessed. And, And for me, I watch Brian Dable, and he not only talks about trusting players, he not only talks about you know, having the entire roster prepared. He not only talks about finding what players do well and actually putting them in position to do those things, he and his coaching staff are backing up those words and actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about Brian Dayball. He's been around, what, for 20 years as a coach? in the NFL or most of that time in the NFL, he spent, spent a little time at, at Alabama too, which is not a bad place to be if you're not in the pros. Uh, and one of the things I've been thinking of is how amazing is it that Brian Dable never got a head coaching job in the NFL in all of, of this time, because he seems so obviously prepared for it. He seems to know exactly what it is that he wants to do. And and he knows how to carry it out. And I think it's also pretty obvious from the quality of the assistant coaches who agreed to come to the Giants that good people around the NFL were attracted by the idea of coming to work with him, despite the fact that they were coming into a situation that looked like it was a disaster. I mean, it was a disaster at the end of last season. Uh, And so 
how is it that Brian Dable never got a coaching job in the NFL before now? Because it, it just seems so obviously great. Yeah, it, it it's amazing. I mean, there was always the question of did did Josh Allen make Brian Dable or did Brian Dable and his staff make Josh Allen or is it some, and, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. but I think that the, uh, the, the only conclusion that you can come to is so far, this looks like the right place, the right time for Brian Dable to get this opportunity, the right pairing with Joe Shane and, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen over the next 12 games, Tony, but this is certainly a lot of fun at this point. Oh, it's a ton of it. I haven't had this much excitement watching giant games since, I don't know. I mean, I've maybe since, since 2011, even 2016 wasn't that much fun because the offense wasn't, wasn't good at all that year. And I always felt that the defense had to win every game. This, this game, and that's the other thing, you know, that this game, both the offense and this team, uh, both the offense and the defense are, are are challenging the opponent. Not so much last week against Chicago when, when all of a sudden they, they had very little to work with during the game. But for the most part, this team is winning, trying to win on both sides of, of the ball. And that's what makes it exciting. They're a very interesting team to watch. Absolutely, they are. They're a very interesting team to watch, except, except, for when Gary Brightwell tries to run back kickoffs, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, you know, which, which is just not going well, but you know, I, I love Brightwell. He's, he's, you know, he's another guy who, when you're in the locker room, he's always there. He's always, he's always willing to talk. He's always ready to talk. He's always a stand up guy. And, and, and in all honesty, in all on, what, pardon me, he scored his first TD yesterday. Yes, he and did. That was nice too. He, I mean, I mean, they they pushed they pushed that line back. It looked like there was no way he was going to get in, and and he kept his legs going, and the offensive line just pushed him into the end. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen a Giants offensive line do that in a while. And in all honesty, I I'm I'm picking on on Brightwell a little bit, but you know you can't run back a kickoff if nobody can block either. So that's that's the bigger issue, but. But Tony, we haven't actually talked directly a whole lot about this Giants defense. And to do what they've done the last two weeks. Now, Wink Martindale was incredibly proud in week four of holding the Chicago Bears, of holding an NFL team in 2022 without a touchdown. But that was the passing challenged, offensively challenged Chicago Bears with a young developing quarterback and and only, you know, one real receiver to throw the football to what they did to Aaron Rodgers in the second half, holding that team scoreless, basically holding that team to a field goal over the last three quarters of that game. That's insanely impressive, especially since, to be honest, I mean, no Aziz Ojolari, no Leonard Williams. They're sort of remaking the linebacking core on the fly. They lost, they, they lost two more cornerbacks yesterday. It, it's, it's amazing what they're doing and, and all sorts of props to Martindale and the players on that defense. Well, and again, another thing that, that you notice about the Giants is how strong they seem to be in the second half. 
of these games now. They're, they, they seem to be kind of you know, trying to find their way in the first half when they come out. But, you know, you go back to opening day against against Tennessee when uh, they were down. Uh, was it 10 nothing after the first half? I can't remember. Or, or, and or was it 13 nothing overall? I don't remember. But 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 they, they didn't score a point in the in the first half. And then they came back and won the game. And again, yesterday against Green Bay. Well, they did better in the first half. But Green Bay still sort of dominated that first half. And as you say, it was 17 three at one point and looked like it was this close to getting away from from the Giants. And then the second half comes out and they just and they just shut Aaron. Rod- I mean, they didn't shut him down completely. Obviously, he was still moving the ball uh, a decent bit and, and he almost tied the game at the end. But but their defense was just tremendous in the second half. And, and again, as well as the offense, which which had these long drives that gave him only limited opportunities to, to do things. And and I think it's just amazing what they're able to do. And really, really yesterday was the first time that the Giants have faced a truly elite quarterback this year. And so you can say all these nice things about what Martindale's defense has done up to now. But yesterday was was really the test of, of whether that defense can be good. And as you say, with a bunch of no names on defense because of all the injuries, they, they kept him pointless in the second half. What I assure Hall of Fame quarterback, they kept him pointless in the second half. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, as I said, credit to Martindale, credit to all of those guys. And, and, you know, Dexter Lawrence to me, and just to point out, you know, one individual guy statistically, maybe not the, the greatest game for him, although he did have a sack, he did have a quarterback hit. I think he made five or six tackles, but this that that guy has to be in the Pro Bowl at the end of this year. The way he's playing right now, I mean, if if those votes were tallied up right now, he has to be. I mean, this is a three hundred and forty to three hundred and forty five pound man who has barely come off the field in the last two weeks. It's just amazing what he's doing, and uh, you know, credit to him. It's like. A, we wondered at the beginning of the season when I talked to Dexter, you wondered, you know, and I said to him, I said, you know, I said, you've been good for, for three years now. You've been good. There's, there's a lot of, there's another level out there that people think that a lot of people think you can reach. And, and he agreed with me and he's reaching that level. Yeah. I mean, he's always suffered from the comparison with Jeffrey Simmons, who was drafted a few places below him in that 2019 draft. And as you say, he's always been a good player, but good isn't good enough when the guy a few slots after you who plays the same position plays at a pro bowl level. And that's, I think, how people look at, at, at Jeffrey Simmons. But uh, uh, yeah, as you say, you know, Dexter looks like a pro bowl player this year. He absolutely looks like like one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And, and, you know, and again, I'm, you know, well, what's different about this year than those first few years? Well, does it have something to do with, with Andre Patterson being the guy who's coaching up the defensive line now? Uh, He had this great reputation of, of getting a lot out of the defensive linemen in Minnesota. Is Dexter Lawrence doing what he's doing because Andre Patterson is making him into a better player? Maybe wouldn't be a surprise. No, and that's entirely possible. But uh, you know, Patterson, Patterson has, and I've talked to Andre Patterson a couple of times, and I've talked to some other people about him. And Patterson has this ability not just to coach football, but he has this ability to coach people. 
to get to know people, to get to know what drives them, to get to know what motivates them. And, and I think, honestly, I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. And, and again, it's just, it's just another example of a, what looks to be a great hire by the giants for the coaching staff and B the idea that good coaches in the NFL wanted to come to New York because there was no reason that Andre Patterson had to leave Minnesota. They didn't want him to leave there. They let him, they let him leave, but they didn't want him to leave, leave, I believe yet he wanted to come to the giants. And so it, you know, it really makes you feel good as a fan uh, about, about what giants have put together and are putting together. You know, Tony, let's close up shop here by talking a little bit about, uh, a, about week six, a little bit about Sunday against the the Baltimore Ravens. And they're, they're, in the past, we would have looked at this and said, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson. How are the Giants going to deal with that? But, you know, the Giants are 4-1. Are, are and one. They're coming in here on a high. I don't know. They come in as five-and-a-half-point underdogs, which I would have expected. But. I'm so interested in this game because this is Wink Martindale who has watched Lamar Jackson for so many years in Baltimore and practiced against him and practiced against him. And, and I am so interested to see what Wink Martindale is going to throw at Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. I think that's just, I think that's just going to be absolutely fascinating. And, if the Giants win the game, I, they're kind of playing with house money here on Sunday. But yeah. I, I think it's just going to be fascinating to to see how they uh, how they deal with Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's amazing to to even think about it. Um, you know, and on the other side of the ball, I think you can move the ball against Baltimore's defense, and I'll be interested to see what what Kafka can do in that in, in that in that side of the game, but. But yeah, I think the, the 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 main focal point for that game is is how the Giants try to stop Lamar Jackson because they they couldn't stop him much the last time they played Baltimore, which I guess is the only time most of these players or many of these players have seen him, uh, except the ones who maybe came from from other teams. But but Lamar Jackson is is like no other quarterback in in the NFL. And the fact is he was not, he did not have a passing great game, a great passing game last night. He overthrew several of his receivers, but overall Lamar Jackson has become a much better passer and he's got Mark Andrews and he's got Rashad Bateman now to throw to. So I, you know, he's, he's become dangerous in the passing game, but he's, he's otherworldly as, as a runner. And uh, I think it's, I think it's the biggest challenge that the giants have faced all season uh, and, and maybe we'll face all season on that side of the ball. Absolutely. Tony, as always, thank you very, very much. Giants fans, you know, just, uh, stay at big blue view. Keep reading our stuff as we, as we help you try to digest the fact that your giants are, are four and one and might actually be a, a, a good team here in 2022, much to, uh, much to the surprise of of many uh, around the NFL. Also, Giants fans, uh, please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.